Alrighty, here we go. It's the Wayne Cueto Show and it's Wednesday. And I'm so excited because I've been looking at the fall. I know, I know, I don't like to look too far ahead myself, but I've been looking at the possibilities of sitting in the stadium. Um, let's just pick a stadium. I don't know, the one next to me, if you're watching on the live stream. Um, and it is the inside of a stadium built on Chavez Ravine. So if you are a fan of the world champion LA Dodgers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I plan on being there again with Hawaii sports fans. And this photo, it says, Dodgers welcome Hawaii sports fans. How cool is that, right? So to have um, our name up there, that was the very first tour of Hawaii sports fans. And that was in 2012. We started in San Diego, first ever game. My grandma was there. She's the first ever photo. Go look at our, um, the first ever photo I took was her um, in front of Petco Park in San Diego. And that was August of 2012. And we are approaching August of 2021. And we have another tour nine years later that, wow, nine years later. Woo, wow. Um, it's crazy, very crazy. And, uh, we started in uh, Padres, and then we went to Angel Stadium, and we went to Dodger Stadium, and we saw Shane Victorino, and we watched UH play U USC in the Coliseum. And I'm not going to talk about how that game ended because a lot of us remember. And for those that weren't there or don't know how it ended, you can probably, I don't know, just guess how, how it probably ended for Hawaii. Norm Chow's first ever game. Um, but at least I got to party with Lao Lao Head before the game and all of my Hawaii sports fans group. Uh, we took a, uh, a, a stretch limo, uh, a Hummer limo. <laughs> that was the first ever tour. I'm, I'm, I can't guarantee the Hummer limos. Hey, maybe I'll pull them out again because I want to do a suite as well this time. Possibly Dodger Stadium or maybe even at Angel Stadium. And yes, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm already revealing some of the surprise. A big tour that you can put your own uh, deposit down for. And now I'm going to bring on my friends on Facebook uh, because I didn't even have it going. If you're watching on YouTube you or you're listening on the podcast, um, what these Facebook viewers are about to uh, hear are some very exciting bits of news um, that I'm very excited about. And that is, of course, the uh, first tour that I can officially finally since i've started this show announce um and um have we already been live or maybe we are already live i don't know um but you know i uh i've been a little bit uh let's just say it seems like we didn't know when it would be when we get to be back in the stands on a tour and that's something that i that's what this company is founded on going on tours and going to games um, like I said, the photo next to me says Dodgers welcome Hawaii sports fans. And that was our uh, first ever Dodgers game we did. Not, that was, and, you know, funny enough, that was our first ever Dodgers game on our first ever tour. And that was our third major league game already because we had already done two games prior to that. Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Saturday. And now um, we're going to almost replicate that adventure. But... Uh, we're going to stay in L.A. and we're going to see Hawaii play at the Rose Bowl. So we'll be back there again. We've already done that, too. We've already been there to the Rose Bowl with Hawaii sports fans. So um, 
our 10th year of of offerings that's crazy 10 10th year season of football tours and i finally um with with pretty sure intent that there will be fans in the stands um by the time this fall comes and we will be there and we'll have a tour um but we're gonna talk about that but before i get into um that and the tour and how you'll get an opportunity to also um put a deposit down on the website by the end of the show that should be live and um yeah I want to make this uh, really fun, get back to um, the road and uh, get back to seeing friends and family. I don't know if it's going to be the first tour. I might not, actually. We might have a tour before this tour in August, but it's definitely the first UH football tour of the year. And I'm super excited about it. And I hope you all are um, you know, excited about traveling, getting that vaccine we talked about last week on the show. And you know, every show of UC, this has been a common theme since last April or coming on a year that I've been doing this already. And um, the theme has always been COVID because this has been started in COVID. Um, but now that we're starting to emerge with the vaccine, we know that that's the next step to have the vaccine and to be able to um, get back shoulder to shoulder with fans. Not that I miss that aspect that much. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't mind being shoulder to shoulder with certain fans, like people I know, but... Um, in the stands, you realize how close in close contact you are with a lot of people uh, when you are at a football game. But, um, you know, that's a part of the experience as well. And this is all about the experience. And speaking of experience, uh, Ian Shuring is about to join the show. And a lot of you um, know him, um, producer of uh, recently the Nick Rolovich show. There was no coaches show for the UH football team this past year with Todd Graham. Um, obviously, COVID made that really difficult. Uh, but Ian, uh, since, has been promoted to a new job within Hawaii News Now so uh, as digital producer, um, so digital news producer, I believe, is the title. And um, because of his new big boy title, he isn't as much at the games, but he shares a lot of his great perspective that he has on uh, UH football and the, and the current situation. He talks about pay-per-view. He talks about why he thinks the stadium is a good idea on campus and long-term. He talks about, um, you know, how he, uh, you know, how he feels about uh, experience because experience matters, right? Everything about Hawaii sports fans is the experience. And um, that should be the same with any football stadium, baseball stadium you go to, right? You want to be entertained. And he talks about that. Um, so I'm going to bring on Ian. We, we talked a little while ago uh, straight from Hawaii News Now in uh, Kalihi and he uh, will will be on for a little bit and by the time he's when he's done and he's pal I'm gonna come back on and I'm gonna talk about the tour to UCLA versus Hawaii football at the Rose Bowl um, for some of you that have already experienced that game it was super cold, hot I say mucha color and um, that was a crazy day. Keone, aloha, how's it? Larry Jones, how's it? I'll see you there. How do I get a ticket? Let's well, stay tuned, Larry, because I'll I'll, um, I'll definitely be helping you with that um, with the Hawaii Sports Fans Tour. Fuchsia's in the house, too. Hi, Fuchsia. So I'm going to bring on uh, Ian, but stick around, because after that, we're going to talk about the tour. But Ian has a lot of great tidbits to share. So without further ado, here's Ian Shuring. 
Get going. We got our boy Ian Shuring in up, the studio with us, or virtual studio, because virtual Ian, studio. like me, is everywhere around the world, it seems like. Um, but now he's got a new gig. So yeah. he's been uh, kind of, you haven't seen his face on TV as much anymore, but he's still there. He's still around town. Uh, so we'll let Ian, and first of all, Ian, just aloha. Welcome to the show. What's up, man? It's good to see you. I feel like with no fans in the stands for anything, I haven't seen. You or any of the other road warriors yep. in, in like almost two years. So, I know. It, it, it's, crazy it's crazy how crazy to the, say that out loud. It is. And I, um, you know, just anticipating, and we're going to talk about that on the show today, is um, our, our season next year and yeah. the excitement there. And as you know, I mean, as a former player and as a former, you know, guy just every week at the games, that pattern in your life of having fall kind of be football. But now, you, you know, you've kind of, going a different direction in your career as well. So what is that like for you? And has COVID kind of affected your relationship kind of with football in general anyway? Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't, you know, for the last, for, for Rolo's entire time with UH, we were doing a weekly mm -hmm. coaches show. Um, and so that was like a huge sector of my life during football season. Uh, obvi obviously this last year with everything that was going on, we didn't put on a show. Mm -hmm. um, I only went to, to two of the, the home games at Aloha Stadium as a member of the media. So that was really different. You know, it had been five years since the last time I didn't, I wasn't at a football game, you mm -hmm. know, including the road games. And mm -hmm. so it was a little bit different for me uh, from the sports side. The work side has been interesting. You know, we, as a news station, I was never working from home. You know, it felt like for a long time, especially there in the beginning, that uh, we were working harder mm -hmm. than, mm -hmm. than ever before, given everything that was going on and, and the necessity of trying to give people information that could keep them safe, potentially. You know, I think we took that mm -hmm. really seriously. So strange times. Um, you know, I've sort of been here in the, in the, in the newsroom for the entirety of it instead of covering sports or covering the football team or things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it feels like now with the amount of vaccine that's, that's going into arms that we may finally, you know, we were on the down slope mm -hmm. for a long time. And now it, it's, it's for the first time, it really feels like things are starting to come back a little bit. Yeah. And I agree. I, I totally agree with that. And I think, um, you know, the fall gives us some time and some leeway, a year ago, we thought, "Oh, two weeks. We'll have to stay home two weeks." And now, we're... isn't it crazy? <laughs> now, fifty-two yeah. weeks went by, and we're like, yeah. "This isn't over yet." So, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. How has that been from the news perspective, and what you've been able to see? I mean, it must have been, must be really crazy. Well, we re there really was a time when it was like, "Okay, great. We'll all go home for two weeks in quarantine, and on day fifteen, mm -hmm. we'll pick it right back up yeah. again, and we'll move on." You know. <laughs> Um, I remember early last March, um, before, you know, the NBA shutdown happened on March 11th. That was the same day that Tom Hanks got diagnosed mm -hmm. with coronavirus. That mm -hmm. was the same day that, uh, you know, some of the, the local stuff started to announce that drastic measures were being taken. Mm -hmm. But I remember earlier that, that, uh, month having a conversation with, um, one of the people here where just we remarked on how weird it was that it seemed like every day something was happening where 
if you had told me a week ago that that thing was going to happen, mm-hmm. I would have been like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. There's no way that the NBA is going to shut down their entire season. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was yeah. some variation of that almost every day. Of course. You know, where flights were canceled and then travel to entire countries were canceled. And then, you know, events, the, the, the first time I really think I thought to myself, Oh damn, this is for real was, uh, one of the people who works here, uh, her brother is an infectious disease expert, uh, on the mainland. Mm -hmm. And he told us like every gathering, every conference, every big meeting, uh, among people in the healthcare industry. So, you know, every, every industry has these big conferences in Tampa or in Vegas or, Mm -hmm. and he told us in late February that every conference, every gathering of people who work in medicine was off the table. This was before anything had been, this is in late February. And I thought to myself, like, if the smartest people in the room (laughs) are shutting it down and canceling everything it's got to be only a matter of time right until yeah. the rest of of the world catches up and sure enough man it it was like two weeks after that where everything was closed it's just amazing and um how life has really changed and you know for you being out there on the sidelines that you know that became normal for you and for all of us who have worked in sports and in this industry or in some very derivative of it, as you know, it's a very fickle, you know, type of industry, right? You're, you're, you're never, you're, yeah. your job is always up in the air every year anyway. So, sure. you know, talk about just how used to, you know, just the fact that in this position as a sports person, as a news person, you have to be pretty flexible and be um, able to adapt to whatever situation. And, and you know, what's funny that you bring that up is we had just gone through, you know, leading leading into coronavirus the 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 like 20 to 24 month period before that was uh the kilauea eruption Mm -hmm. that went on for (laughs) six months and we had probably four or five hurricanes in that stretch we had a big plane crash at dillingham we had uh obviously the tragedy (laughs) at diamond head yeah um that's right. And so in early February last year, before all the pandemic shutdowns, if you had asked me, I would have been like, there's nothing we haven't seen. There's nothing we can't cover. <laughs> there's nothing that we're not prepared yep. for. And then this happened, you know? And so you talk about flexibility, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we had to completely reevaluate every facet of Hawaii news now mm-hmm. overnight. Yeah. You know, I look out here, our sales staff, most of our marketing staff, our traffic controllers, mm-hmm. they're still not here. Wow. You know, everybody is still working remotely. Wow. Um, the people in news downstairs, you know, we had to, everything about our newscasts changed. You know, mm-hmm. we started having people anchor from home. Um, mm-hmm. You don't see two people sitting next to each other on the, the marquee desk in our set anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there were a lot of adjustments and a lot of flexibility. Um, I do think some of the things that we had done leading up to last March and last February prepared us for that. You know, we, you sort of get used to being nimble and 
you know, reacting at every whim, uh, whim, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm really proud of how the people here, um, you know, responded to everything that happened last mm-hmm. year, but man, like now I really feel like we could do anything. Yeah. You know, I just, <laughs> the flexibility level. Now I can say with certainty, you know, unless, I don't know, an asteroid comes. <laughs> I know. Like we, we don't even want to even get into those hypotheticals because who, yeah, who I knows? I don't know what we're not ready for now. I mean, you know, in 2016, when all these celebrities died and, you know, everything happened and elections happened, yeah. people are like, oh, my God, it's the end. 2016 is the worst year ever. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. What I would give for 2016. <laughs> 2018 was the craziest year of my professional career. You know, I was mm-hmm. doing Rolo's show, but yeah. I was over on the Big Island covering that eruption, and we filmed documentaries about about everything that happened there. Not so much about mm-hmm. the lava, because mm-hmm. after a while, you just get used to the lava, but how that impacted people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so 2018, man... By the time the new year rolled around, between that and football, I was just done. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, what I wouldn't give for 2018. (laughs) Yeah. Like compared to last year, man. Well, now we know. I mean, I think all of us realize that uh, we are we have the medal um, for anything in in this, um, you know, in this chaotic world. Um, But in terms of football, definitely a lot of people will. Um, you know, always associate you with sports or something in some yeah. way and being like the biggest guy on the sideline, even at a football <laughs> game, you're the biggest guy on the sideline, uh, yeah. usually, you know, but this past season for UH is a very, um, I mean, unique is like the understatement, obviously not just COVID, but having coach Graham in here and just yeah. talk about your assessment of the post. Now that the season is over coaching change, crazy schedule. I mean, yeah. how do you, um, put this into context? with respect to the other previous, whatever, 50, 100 years of UH football that we've had prior to that? Yeah. Well, what I will say, and uh, with the utmost credit to to Todd and to his staff and to uh, Dave Matlin and to everybody at UH, is I can't imagine a first and now second year head coach coming in and having to you know, under the best of circumstances, if everything is perfect and your entire uh, outside situation is perfectly set up, coaching football is still extremely hard mm-hmm. under the best circumstances. Yeah. And the things that Coach Graham and his staff have had to go through, um, you know, you come in in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you don't really get the same, certainly not the season experience, but you don't get the same first year recruiting. You don't get the same first year of workouts with your team. You don't get the same spring ball. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this it, it was so difficult with everything that was going on with the pandemic. And now everything that's going on with the stadium situation, what's that going to look like? How involved is does Todd need to be in the development of those plans mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. while also worrying about the quality of, of play? Um, and so to just keep the ship on course um, through all of that is a, 
is a task that really would be unfair to ask of any, mm-hmm. you know, coach and outside of the circumstances that we're in some that you wouldn't try to put anybody through obviously, yeah, but, course. um, you know, I, I do think, um, that results aside, being able to keep focused and keep your team moving forward and getting better through all of that, uh, would be an accomplishment of itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, uh, this, the situation that they're facing moving forward, uh, what the stadium situation in Manoa is going to end up looking like mm-hmm. and how involved he's coach Graham is going to have to be uh, in putting that all together. Um, you know, he's got a lot on his plate yeah. and he's going to deserve a lot of credit if he's still able to mm-hmm. keep all of that uh, off to one side and keep his guys focused. When you look at the end of this season and going into the bowl game and winning the bowl game and having a guy like Calvin Turner, um, you know, what do you see, foresee for this upcoming season uh, for UH football, I guess, at this point right now, too? Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, the there's this one, like, prevailing school of thought um, where, you know, if you were the national champion this year or if you went 0-0, six or oh and seven or depending on how many games you played it's almost a year that could have been thrown out right mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. start late yeah. you don't get a spring uh a spring ball you don't get those same you know you had guys working out a little bit over the summer but nothing was the same and so when you look at the talent that they ended the year with uh when you look at the recruiting class when you look at uh the roster and say well, now we're actually going to get a little bit more of a spring opportunity, a little mm-hmm. bit more learning. Now we're going to get uh, a little bit more of a regimented summer program. Even with all the distractions going on with regard to the program, it's hard for me to sit here and think that the quality of football would be worse in this upcoming season mm-hmm. just based on the things they're going to be able to do this year that they weren't able to do a year ago. Yeah. And so uh, now you could also make the argument that that's going to be true for each and every one of the teams that they play, right? Yeah. Is they won't be the only ones who now get a spring or uh, now get that same regiment. But fans of football should expect, I would think, to see, um, you know, a product on the field wherever the field ends up being yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that is an improvement of what we saw last year. Hmm. And back to that field situation too. I mean, you've been on that campus several times, inching field several times, interviewing coaches after the game. Can you imagine walking into that field or, or had you ever imagined walking onto that field and thinking that the team could actually stage a, a whole a actual regular season game on that field? Um, so what I'll say about that is, uh, with all due respect to the program and with all due respect to the stadium authority and the people who, uh, run that enterprise, the, uh, arrangement between the Aloha stadium and the UH football program is obviously not equitable. 
It's mm-hmm. obviously one of the most backward arrangements in Division One football. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, in my mind, you have to do one of two things if you're a UH. Mm-hmm. You have to insist to uh, the state authorities and to the stadium authority that that arrangement change mm-hmm. uh, to become more equitable for the, for the university, which they did. We know that David Matlin sent a letter uh, signed by him and David Lassner mm-hmm. to the stadium authority saying, this doesn't work for us. Here's how you could make it work for us. Uh, but, you know, the combination of that lack of equity and the bind that you put us in with that announcement that they weren't going to be able to hold events with any fans mm-hmm. moving forward um, necessitated this change, right? So yeah. you either need an arrangement in the new stadium that is more equitable for the university, or you need to build a facility on campus, yeah. which yeah. Uh, I think, in my opinion, you know, if I was the head coach at UH, if I was in Todd Graham's shoes, I would prefer to play my home games at that site on campus. I just would. Um, I think that uh, looking at the footprint of that existing mm-hmm. facility now, and mm-hmm. trying to find uh, the least disruptive way to get to 27,000 seats, yeah. 30,000 seats, yeah. 32,000 seats. Um, that's obviously going to be a challenge. And, you know, whether the answer is temporary, you know, stadium style seating or. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, obviously they won't be able to pour concrete and create a stadium there uh, overnight. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. that seems like the preferred solution to me. And a lot of, you know, there are misconceptions about what you really need out of that facility, right? Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. don't, the notion that we, that UH football needs a stadium that seats 51,000 people the, the way that Aloha Stadium does mm-hmm. is not just flat out not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the notion that, it, you know, we, I, I've talked with people in the past that there are Division One college programs on the mainland whose stadiums seat 70,000 people that have smaller footprints than Aloha Stadium. People mm, who don't yeah. travel the way that yeah. you and I do to yeah. some of these yeah. uh, stadiums on the mainland don't realize that Aloha Stadium is massive. Yeah, it is. It's huge. It's, it's huge. 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 Um, yeah. You know, it's it's got a bigger footprint than the Coliseum, which yeah. seats, you know, closer yeah. to 100,000 yeah. people to 50. It's just so big. Yeah. And so there's this misconception that you need X amount of fans there's a misconception that the stadium needs to be so big. Uh, there's a misconception that parking is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. How many how many uh, football games have you and I been to on the mainland where they don't have massive parking structures nope. at these stadiums not at all. on the yeah. mainland? Yeah. They don't have, you know, there's not one stadium that i can remember and if you can let me know mm-hmm. that has a parking lot bigger than the one at aloha stadium yeah, I, they're just not yeah so I mean, if, you yeah. Start, if you start knocking these misconceptions off the board where mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. need as many people a stadium that sits as many people as you think 
Mm-hmm. We don't need a stadium that's as big as you think. We don't need as much parking as you mm-hmm. think we need. Mm-hmm. When you start to dismantle some of these things, now you think, okay, if we're not worried about that and we're not worried about that and we don't have to really worry about that, the stadium on campus starts to sound pretty good, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the benefits to that are clear. We don't need to waste any time talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the answer for what's best for UH, though, may not end up being what's best for the state and for yeah. the stadium. Yeah. You know, how do you then, if UH is going to build a facility on campus, now you have a real hard time justifying the hundreds of millions of dollars that you're going to spend rebuilding Law Stadium, right? Because yeah. Yeah. what is that facility going to be used for? So, um, you know, you think about it that way. You also think, you know, the state's gone kind of a long time without really worrying too much about how that impacts the university. Yeah, so yeah, of course. Does David Matlin say, you guys didn't care about how this impacted us for how long? Yeah. We're out. Yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it this way. Um, you know, i I'd like to I'd like to see someone who has a clever idea to get uh, that space on lower campus to even if it was twenty eight thousand. Yeah, you know, if if somebody clever could put together a plan, a sustainable plan for that, that's something that'd be really interesting to me. I totally agree. And I, um, you, you look at the numbers, first of all, like you said, I mean, we, we're, we're averaging like 20,000 people at a low stadium anyways. If that. If that, yeah, if that, you know. Um, and long-term sensibility would say like, I don't know. And I think there's always been this thing in Hawaii, like Bombay, Bombay things are going to happen. Bombay will be back to it. And I don't know. You know, you've been in Hawaii your whole life too. Do you see this program ever getting back to those 41,000 people in the seats average days or you know what do you what do you see for this hawaii program in particular well so what i'll say about that and with regard to attendance mm-hmm. um and i hedge this by saying i love aloha stadium i have so many good memories mm-hmm. in that place i played in that stadium mm-hmm. in pop warner i played in that stadium in high school, mm-hmm. I played in that stadium in the Hawaii Bowl. Like, <laughs> yeah, I and that's just my playing experiences. Mm-hmm. I was at, uh, you know, I was born in '88, and I've mm-hmm. been to every meaningful football game in that stadium since mm-hmm. 1988, <laughs> except except for the years that I was at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, I was at the BYU the BYU game in 2000. Like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. the memories that I have of that place. No one could ever take away, right? Absolutely. That being said, it's not fun to go to a game at Aloha Stadium. That experience is just not good. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something that I say to you, but that I would say to people in the stadium authority, and Mm -hmm. I have expressed to people who work for the University of Hawaii. Now, Mm -hmm. there are layers of reasons for that, right? The structure, you know involved in you know what control does uh have over in-game operations what control does the stadium have over in-game operations you know the scoreboard you know who is is it the stadium that's in charge of yeah. that or is it the yeah. football team exactly that's in yeah you know questions like that 
the stuff that happens in the parking lot, the stuff that happens in the concourse, the food vendors in the concourse, that's not the university, that's the stadium that manages that. You know, yeah. when they have entertainers um, in that little courtyard in the south end zone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the stadium that mm-hmm. does that. That's mm-hmm. not always the university that does that. Mm. And so consolidating your game day operations um, would certainly make for an improved fan experience, mm-hmm. um, which would almost certainly, even if the quality of the football wasn't so good, if people thought they were going to go to a football game and have a good time, mm-hmm. even if the football product didn't change, they would still make the effort to do that. Yeah. You know, if, if it becomes too much of a headache, if parking sucks and seating sucks and you can't hear the PA announcer and, you know, myriad problems – then people say, no thanks. Yeah, exactly. So, again, a problem that seemingly could be solved by that on-campus stadium. Mm-hmm. You get full control of game day operations. You get full control of fan experience. You get full control of all of these different elements that make for an enjoyable or not fan experience. Um, and that's got to be something, I would think, that the powers that be at UH, if they're serious about wanting to restore uh, some of the attendance in this program, are going to have to consider. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. again, I, I understand that most of your listeners in Hawaii probably don't have uh, the same uh, breadth of stadium visits that you and I have, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Boise or you go to Colorado State or you go to some of these mm-hmm. shiny, not yeah. necessarily new, but shiny facilities and see, you know, at Boise on third downs, there's this. And, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and another there, Boise. Are lots, yeah. there are lots of cues that UH could get from some of the way that these other programs handle game day operations that I think would positively impact that experience you know if the the way i think about it and the way i'm sure plenty of people at home think about it is if it's more fun to watch the game on tv than at home that's what people are going to do yeah so you've got to restore a little bit of what it means in terms of experience at the game Mm -hmm. something that i think is clearly lack you know and I, I, again, I don't want this to seem like I'm just ripping on um, any one or any one institution. But, you know, between uh, the third and fourth quarters at UH football home games, they do that game where mm-hmm. you take the football and you throw yeah. it into the, yeah. the cutout, yeah. right? That wooden cutout is splintered and beat to hell from <laughs> 20 years yeah at least 20 years yeah a football at it yeah and i know it's 20 years because that cutout is of the old nike 2000 2001 uniforms with the leg <laughs> yeah. the leg patch and it's chad owens wearing number 82 <laughs> so you know that like uh. just 
just if you yeah. look at that as a microcosm of fan experience at UH, that's yeah. some, you know, fan trope that hasn't evolved at all yeah. in 20 years. That's an issue to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, it's like if we're not keeping up, if we're still doing the same old things, it's no wonder people don't want to come to the games. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, too, staying at home, a lot of people, um, you know, well, overall, let's just talk about the TV deals. We talk about it a lot on here. And, you know, we had Blangiardi on here, uh, Mayor Blangiardi, before he was mayor. And he talked about, you know, his, his um, you know, uh, just frustration with the situation because he negotiated on the UH side the very first TV rights. And then he got on the other side of the bargaining table and. Yeah. Um, he felt like he got kind of kicked out and, um, you know, UH just renewed again another three year. And um, obviously people might say, well, he's a Hawaii News Now guy. But, hey, um, Blangiardi was saying I wasn't going to charge people pay-per-view. So, you know, just talk about the TV rights deal and kind of how it affects the team and just how you your 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 view of it in general. So uh, I think objectively it's fair to say that the current arrangement between um, – the university and the TV rights holder has negatively impacted attendance at the games. Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah, I think objectively clear. that could be stated as well. I agree. Yeah. That's clear. I'm not, that's not a hot take. That's not some opinion that I have. Mm -hmm. That's clearly what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, you, the university and spectrum now are in this like, uh, never-ending circle of you know i and i can't i'm not reporting this i can't speak for anybody at uh yeah. nobody's told me this but yeah. uh needs that that seven figure mm -hmm. uh check that they get mm -hmm. from the tv rights deal to continue operations mm -hmm. can't at this point the the bottom line is too it's it's just not possible for UH really to continue to operate without that TV rights money. Mm -hmm. okay? So UH can't really get out of this arrangement because they need that paycheck. Yeah. Well, Spectrum, in order to afford that page, that check that they're given to UH, is now having to make adjustments to their pricing tier mm -hmm. for, these, for these games, especially for football, that to the average fan like me mm -hmm. seem to not make a ton of sense. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, last year, before uh, it, 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 there was all this strife about pay-per-view and if we were going to give people a break because of the COVID and they can't go to the games. And that was a whole discussion that obviously ended mm -hmm. up not really happening. Mm -hmm. Would it have been a good show of good faith for University of Hawaii to insist to their TV partner, people couldn't, can't come to the games if they want, mm -hmm. you know, we'll eat some of the cost, but we can't continue to charge full price for pay-per-view when fans can't go to the games anyway. That seems predatory to me. Yes. That was one problem. The price tiering of that pay-per-view package used to be uh, on the neighbor islands for people who couldn't go to the games. 
there was a slightly lower tier and the price was slightly higher mm -hmm. for people who lived on Oahu who yeah. could go to the games. That pricing tier was changed to be all one level. In one fell swoop, the TV rights holder made it more difficult for people who can't come to the games to watch. So they de-incentivized, disincentivized mm -hmm. people who live on Maui and on the Big Island and on Kauai from watching UH football while making it easier for people who could go to the games to stay home and watch it on pay-per-view because they made it cheaper yeah. so that it all be on one tier. Mm -hmm. So in one move, yeah. the people who live on the neighbor islands are now less likely to uh, pay for that package because it's gotten more expensive. Yeah. And the people on Oahu who can go to the games yeah. are less likely because now it's cheaper to games on pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe that arrangement makes sense for the TV provider, but it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for UH, yeah. in my opinion. Again, that's I'm not reporting that. Nobody's told me that. I'm just piecing these things yeah. together. Uh, not counting last year, because uh, obviously they didn't have a full slate of pay-per-view games. Mm. And I also understand that the example I'm about to give is not exactly apples to apples, mm -hmm. comparing the NFL to... University of Hawaii football. Mm -hmm. But to get the uh, seven or eight or however many UH pay-per-view games a year, the cost, the total cost is higher than I pay as a DirecTV subscriber for NFL Sunday ticket. So I can watch every U uh, NFL game mm -hmm every week of the entire season, regardless of what market I'm in, I wake up on Sunday morning, <clears throat> I can watch 13 different games over the course of the day. I pay less for that than pay-per-view uh, fans pay for all of the UH offerings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Again, I understand that that's the business decision that the TV provider has to make in order to afford for the check that they have to send to UH who needs that check. That cycle, I, I don't know uh, how positively we can all believe is impacting the UH football program. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see it, you know. I don't want to come off again like I'm bashing mm -hmm. here or bashing there, but um, there, in my opinion, there are clearly issues with that arrangement. Yeah, there are clearly uh, ways that that arrangement is negatively impacting the athletic department and specifically the football program. Um, I don't, I don't have a solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. it's not like I'm sitting here and I punch the numbers and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm ready to, to offer somebody a, a, an alternative, but, yeah. you know, you asked a question about the TV deal. Yeah. I, I think they're the overwhelming, uh, majority of people who 
you know, like you and I look at it from the outside would say there are some issues there that need to be worked out. Well, um, before we let you go, we have to. You, you brought up the Rolo show a, a lot, and um, you know we, a lot of people have been asking about the Graham show. We weren't able to have one this year, but do you see that as a just the concept of the Graham show? Is it going to exist anymore? Do you see the, the the school trying to to sell the rights to that, or do you see Hawaii News now um, taking over again? Uh, you know that's a good question. Uh, I know that uh, pulling that show off during the pandemic. What would have been impossible. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't even let the broadcast cameras onto the field, yeah. let alone, um, you know, news cameras onto the field. Uh, the nature of that show and our arrangement with, um, with Spectrum necessitated that we couldn't use their footage for that show. Mm. Um, and so everything that we ran in, in that show needed to be shot yeah. by one of our cameras. Um, and that was just not a thing that would have been possible this year. So, um, you know, that's a question I think we're going to have to wait and see what, um, what 2021 brings, what the uh, eventual setup for athletics, for UH is by the time September and October roll around. Um, I will say that it seems like given everything that we've been through, you know, by, by March, uh, by September, when the season starts, it'll have been a year and a half mm -hmm. since the pandemic started um, to have a year and a half worth of, of COVID tales to tell in <laughs> a show like that. Um, would seemingly make for some pretty compelling television. True. Uh, yes. You know, between COVID and last year and this year and the spring and trying mm -hmm. to piece together a stadium on campus, there are definitely some, some interesting stories that could be told. Uh, I don't have an answer for you right now about who's going to be telling them. Yeah. Um, but if it's us, uh, I would think there'd be some, some interesting content there to share. Yeah, for sure. Well, whatever it is, I, I know we'll we'll be excited to see you um, on the sidelines, hopefully soon or or wherever. I can't wait. Yeah, just uh, wherever. But definitely been following your career and just uh, exciting to see what's next for Ian. So mahalo for joining uh, us on the show today, Ian. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you soon. Hopefully in September sometime. Yes, definitely. Hopefully that. Aloha. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was Ian sharing. Um, some of you know he uh, was a producer of the Nick Rolovich show for a long time and did the coaches show and is now uh, taking on a bigger role at Hawaii News Now. But uh, hopefully we get to keep seeing him on the sideline. He clearly knows a lot about UH football. He has a vested interest in the team as well because of his um, grow, growing up here in Hawaii and um, growing up around the program. And that's, that's, that's why so many people are passionate and emotional. It's because of the history. And, you know, People like Ian, people like you see him on the news, and other people, of course, um, you know, Rob and DeMello, and I know, you know, Canola, he, all those guys are, are UH fans at heart as well. So um, those guys do have a vested interest, but definitely Ian, um, now that he um, has a chance to kind of uh, share his experiences and his, his opinions more, um, you get to hear a side of him that is, um, you know, a little bit more raw. And I think he gave us a, a really great. 
um, you know, synopsis of what the issues are really at UH. And it's the same themes we play on every year. It seems like, right, it's like, oh, um, experience in the stadium. Oh, oh, um, you know, something to do with, um, you know, the fact that, you know, you know, the marketing or um, issues that, that may not have to even do with the stadium that we can take care of. So like Ian was saying, and now we're already dealing with pay-per-view and how that's affecting your fan base. And he says, and like he says, objectively, he, you can say this is not helping the fan base to have, um, you know, um, our people not know what's going on. I was talking to my friend, um, someone who's pretty well known uh, in the community as a, uh, as a local leader, actually. Um, but, you know, this friend, I, I, we, I talked to him about, and I know he keeps up a lot with UH football. Um, like me and like a lot of us, didn't go to UH, our, but our local kids, just like Ian, didn't go to UH, played against UH even, and is still a real big UH fan at heart. And that's the thing. It's like we, a lot of us who just grew up in Hawaii, I think a lot of uh, a lot of programs wouldn't even think about, you know, uh, um, maybe, but a lot of programs wouldn't prioritize as much because they're like, well, our alumni, our kids on campus, but Hawaii being a commuter school, Hawaii being a place where local people um, have always made the team a part of their life, really, for a long time. And, you know, talking to Ian about uh, attendance, it's kind of reflective that maybe it's not as big as part of people's lives, but it's harder because like this friend, who keeps up with UH football, who knows people uh, associated with the program. When we talk about like Calvin Turner, he was like, huh? oh yeah, that's the one. Oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't sh catch any of the games because they're all in pay-per-view. You know, like, oh yeah, that whole pay-per-view thing. And you know, that's that's the reality of it. People are are going to lose interest, like like Ian said, and that's 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 a, a major issue. Um, but uh, like, like you said, there are... You have to be able to have fun at the game when you go there. No matter what's going on in the field, you have to have fun at the game. And that's something that um, the home team is has to make a priority. Anywhere we go, we go to New Mexico, like a small stadium. I was calling it Dreamsicle Stadium. It's like Dream something stadium. I forget. Dream, I forget. I forget what it's called. But um, even there, you know, they, they get into the game. There's not even that many people there. With COVID, there's probably – honestly, the last game we went to there was probably – a COVID game. It could have counted as COVID game because there were that few people in the stands. Um, but at least their PA guy is into the game and going crazy and helping the fans get into it. And that's not hard to do. You know, that's something that is done in other places too. And that's what's frustrating too about Hawaii in general. Um, not only, uh, especially at the many bureaucracies that we are found in government agencies in Hawaii, which include um, the athletic department. Um, you know, it's, it's as if, um, yeah, it's as if we, we choose to keep things the way they are. Like Justin is saying, the Chad Owens cutout is classic. It is classic. It is definitely classic. And it's funny. Yeah. Ian's saying that fourth quarter game between third and fourth quarter where, after or is it before the Chihu Cam? My favorite part of it, actually. Chihu Cam, I give A plus to. Um, but everything else, like Ian was saying, it's like we have to evolve past some of those games. It's like the sumo thing is still a thing. And the sumo thing will always be cool. Okay, The sumo thing will always be funny to see people in big sumo you know, suits, obviously. Um, but still, that's like like, he, like Ian said, a trope 
that we are still running, you know, until like a literally a dead horse until it's totally dead and extinct because these tropes have already moved on. Like we've people are, you know, have done, you know, baby shark or whatever. Right. We always hear new generational things that are done at stadiums. Right. Whoop, there it is has been around forever but i remember when it first when that song first came out right in the 90s that was like the thing at every stadium um but uh has to get new things and make up their own things um and that's a major thing but something that uh you know and ian talked about is when you travel to a bunch of games you get to see up close what other teams are doing what other stadiums are doing um and uh i know that a lot of those guys travel so i'm not really sure why a lot of what they see in the mainland and by they i mean department leadership why a lot of those haven't been implemented um and yeah it's it's a lot of a holistic way of of marketing the program must be employed at all times right like apparel right brad says they need to sell more player jerseys not just 50 and one that's an example of it Sean says, get rid of Billy V and his stupid games at UH football. Uh, Billy V has been there for a while. Do we love him? Yes. He's always going to be a guy, that, a voice that we hear, Billy V. Um, has it been done for a while? Yeah. We hear him. And this is, like like Ian said, this is nothing against the people there. It's, it's are we going to keep doing the same things over and over again? Um, and Billy V is a, a comforting voice to have at games because he's a local guy and he knows how to make people laugh and keep people engaged. Uh, maybe we do keep him, but maybe we don't put him in the same. And he does different things. He he engages in different ways. Um, but yeah, we we could involve even more students. We could do a lot of things. You, you, every so many things are done at different places, right? Every arena you go to, you're like, oh, that's a cool game. Oh, that's cool. I never seen that before. And it's like, why don't we do that at home? We can do that, right? It's like we still have the blimp and the stand sheriff. The you know, it's a it's a cool thing, right? It's a it's kind of been a thing. Maybe it's too vintage now having that blimp, that jack-in-the-box blimp at Stan Sheriff, that we need to keep having it every year and year and year and year out. But um, it's like that. We, we It's the same things over and over again, you know? So um, it's um, important. Uh, Robert says, best guest ever. So, wow, big praise for Ian Shearing from Robert, um, who is uh, one of the big Hawaii sports fans. Of course, Robert, um, what, five tours with Hawaii sports fans? And another one uh, is UCLA. And... Um, that tour should be live at this at this time. If you go to it, you can leave a hundred dollar deposit uh, for the tour. I am still um, gonna be working on the details, but you have till May twentieth to leave a refundable, fully refundable hundred dollar deposit, and um, the total price will be um, to be announced. But just like everything else, I mean, I put on deposits for things I don't know all the full price to. I mean, like, if you're afraid, like, you're not going to be able to afford the tour, then go look at my old tours and, or call me. You can even email me and we'll talk about it. Um, but, uh, you know, like, these are not – I want to emphasize this. These are not the traditional tours from Hawaii. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm taking people away from, say, Panda, right? Because Panda – is the tour group that everybody knows in Hawaii, right? They work very closely with the school. And um, I would have fun if I went on a Panda tour, for sure. I would definitely have fun because I love traveling and I love to just travel and go places. However, um, I've devised tours, craft experiences that are unlike what can be done on tours like Panda, which do not match their business, um, uh, you know, their formula, which 
is to make profits and to get as many people. And that's great. And that's important. I'm not, I'm not against that at all because businesses, you should make a lot of money. On the other hand, Hawaii sports fans, um, we believe in just trying to stay afloat here. And um, of course, eventually I would love to keep continue to grow, but I've made a lot of sacrifices personally as a founder of this company. And I have, um, you know, been really, uh, I think, good with how I've just introduced different experiences to people. And that's the difference. It's, it's making an experience and crafting an experience from top to bottom. And this tour is going to be one of those as well. Starting on a Thursday, we're going to have a kickoff party in Los Angeles. So you got to fly in by Thursday, August 26th. And that's the first night in the hotel. Um, on Friday... We're going to go and um, give you time to get up. And then we're going to do like a probably late lunch, I'm thinking, and maybe K-Town. I love Koreatown. We'll go up and maybe take a look at uh, Griffith Observatory and just chill on that side of L.A. in preparation for the game at Dodger Stadium, which is all close by to that. Um, and then we'll do the Dodgers versus the Rockies. That's going to be Friday. Saturday uh, is our game at the Rose Bowl. So we're going to tailgate beforehand. We're going to have the game. Um, we'll have a dinner afterwards. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see. Last time we did a pretty good Mexican food. Everybody really liked hot dogs. Last time we went to, we did a, a lot of hot dogs. We did Dodger dogs, which will probably happen again that night of the Dodger game. Um, and that'll be a part of it as well. Um, Sunday, uh, Sunday will be, uh, I'm assuming there will be the, the schedule isn't out yet, but, um, I'm assuming there will be a preseason NFL game there at SoFi on that Sunday. I'm assuming there, there might not be, so that won't be a part of it. And that's why, like I said, like, um, you know, the total price isn't there yet. The total price will be comparable to what has been done in the past, which I still think is very reasonable. Um, and um, if you have really questions of uh, want a rough price, then you can reach out to me. Um, but when you look at um, you know five nights hotels, which we're gonna have, uh, and four games, yes, four games, two NFL, two Major League Baseball games, starting with the Dodgers and Rockies on Friday. Then Saturday we're gonna have the UH game at UCLA at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Um, and then Sunday, we're going to do that game at SoFi. So I, I anticipate that game, uh, either a Chargers or Rams preseason game, will be um, on tap. And then we're going to do extra credit because who wants to go home on a Monday morning? Let's just stay and do another fun game on Monday because, um, yeah, let's just do it. I, I love it. That's the hardest, right? Sundays to Monday, that transition sometimes. And you're like, oh, but. You know what? This is going to be the, a good transition because we're going to stay on the main. You're not going anywhere. We're going to stay here and we're going to see the Angels versus the Yankees. Uh, and, you know, I might be an Angels fan. So I am excited for that one. And um, there will be a brick installed in front of and we can go and see it in front of Angel Stadium. So I'm going to have my, my, my niece's name and my grandma's name. Two angels in my life who have passed on and who've guided me and um, who are inspiring me in this business. And that's why I, um, you know, this Hawaii Sports Fans exists. Um, and that'll be exciting too, to see the uh, two great teams, two great teams, right? Not just the Yankees, but the Angels too, hopefully making the playoffs this year. Um, but with that being said, uh, this is, will be another exciting season, hopefully, of, of not normal, but whatever the normal is. And I anticipate every stadium in California also to be taking fans, maybe not full capacity yet, but maybe, maybe. Um, and likely with 
vaccine, like we talked about last week. So that was something you brought up on the show last week, looking ahead to the fall, and especially in California, where a lot of games are, where Hawaii plays most of its games. And what is it going to look like in the stands? Are we going to have fans? And of course, um, the numbers are starting to look pretty good now that the vaccines are, are moving out. Um, Texas uh, went on, opened up completely today. So unless there, there's something I don't know about in their numbers, that seems slightly uh, premature, possibly. Um, but who knows, you know, um, we've already we've we've been pretty disjointed from the beginning of this pandemic, the way that um, policy has has run um, throughout this country. So that's what's also sometimes scary about what the future holds. But at the same time, I'm pretty confident. And like Josh said as well, even in California, um, the the numbers have shown already just with the vaccine that has already been released. Um, the cases have been reflected that way and going, we see a downward trend. Brad says they need hype men and hype women. Yeah. I, I, you can get students to do that. You can get students, you know, that's something too. put them on the live screen. And that's something at a home game too. That'd be fun. You could have that on the big screen. You could have the camera going around just like in a stadium, right? Where you see somebody in there. That's what should be happening at the game. That it, it, It's possible already. That's what it's like. There's no excuse already to be living in, you know, the not even the 90s. I don't even know where our, our game motifs are, some of them. You know, it's we they need to step up. So that's true. Uh, Robert says, smaller, more personal, what I like. Yes. Right, I think he's talking about the tours because Robert is, um, you know, our number one Hawaii sports fan. I give him that title because to pressure him also to keep coming on, on tours. But Robert's been there for a lot of big West tournament tours. And, um, of course, a big West tournament this year, basketball tournament, will not have fans. So that's a little disappointing. Um, so we'll miss out again with Robert, um, coming out on a tour. Um, but you know, he's also been there at San Diego with me. We saw the chargers, um, play Marcus Mariota when Mariota was a Titans quarterback. And the day before that, we saw UH get crushed in a stadium that now doesn't even exist. Um, I passed by that stadium. It was very sad to see, um, the old Jack Murphy stadium. Obviously it was Qualcomm recently, and now it's basically just the big, the jumbotron i think that's just standing up like by itself so it's crazy but robert was there too so you know lots of memories we make with friends and that's what i really love about our tours as well um brad says we need to step up for wayne oh thanks brad i'll give you a love i'm on facebook right now looking at comments but he says we need to step up for wayne thank you please step up um it's been a it's been a lot of work definitely in nine years to grow this but honestly i've so much has happened that i i I, I'm glad the pandemic in a way has forced me into reevaluating also how this company um, situates itself within Hawaii and within the fan base of Hawaii football and within like the, the Hawaii fa the fans of, of sports in Hawaii. And that's what I want to do. That's a goal for me too is to keep growing and growing this business to, to every fan in Hawaii, whether you like UH football or not, um, you know, whether you, you just want to go on a trip and see the mainland and go to great games. I mean, I think that's, something that um, will um, continue to be a hallmark of this company, especially the Super Bowl tour, which will be in L.A. as well. So this will be a nice uh, warm-up for L.A. And then next week, maybe we'll be talking about another tour. Who knows? Because UH is going to go to the Pacific Northwest, one of my favorite cities. Well, adjacent to one of my favorite cities because Corvallis, Oregon is the home of the Oregon State Beavers. 
and one of my favorite cities. Not my favorite city is Portland, and Hawaii will be there as well. So I'm gonna announce another tour later on. Hawaii versus uh, UCLA, though. Get to the website www.hisportsfans.com. I should have been saying that from the beginning. www.hisportsfans.com. Place a deposit. I'll be sharing a lot of that on social media. Um, get on the mailing list if you're not on it yet, um, and uh, you'll be able to. Uh, um, you know, get all the latest info. So, hisportsfans.com. You can find um, the link in the menu to UH versus UCLA. And then when you scroll down, um, there'll be a, a PayPal. And then when I get your, I already tried the button and I paid myself a hundred dollars or deposited. So it does work. Um, but uh, you know, it's fully refundable until May 20th or April, May 20th. I think I put on there. Um, but if anything, uh, once you start putting down money on, the, um, you know, the actual tour, the, the rules will change a little bit. But also, yeah, the deposit only ensures your space until that time. Um, before then, I'm anticipating a lot of people are going to be excited about, you know, this tour and getting out there. So hopefully this is a good one. All right, guys, it's another Wayne Kojo show for this Wednesday. Thanks for joining us on Facebook or on YouTube or on the Hawaii Sports Fans channel, which can be found at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and even more. Uh, but for Ian Shuring, who gave us a great interview, uh, this is another show from Wayne Kojo. Talk to you guys later. Aloha.